This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Lynn litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Lynn Levy. Thank you, Daryl. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Masters of Dispute Resolution. Today, we are going to be discussing the value of tenacity in mediation, borrowing a phrase from our guest, Dan Bensvi, and that phrase is leave no stone unturned. Uh, but first, let, let, me, let me introduce to those of you who haven't uh, been familiar with Dan. Uh, Dan is a, if a friend of mine, has been a friend of mine for a, a number of years uh, and has been a mediator, uh, is, has been an attorney, uh, and basically is essentially a warrior turned peacemaker. Uh, he brings a unique blend of, of persistence and creativity to ending bitterly fought lawsuits. And Dan is also an author. He's uh, co-authored a book, Inside the Minds, Alternative Dispute Resolution. He writes articles. He pretty much does it all. And and if I recall correctly, Dan, you also were instrumental in creating a mediation day uh, for the LA city. Is it, am I misremembering or? No, what? you're remembering right. That I started that in 2005 and it's an annual event every year that's capped off at city hall. Um, with city council passes a resolution, and I'm joined with the heads of the plaintiff's bar, CALA, and the defense bar, the uh, Southern California Defense Council, and uh, the head judge of the Superior Court, and others, um, just to send a... The, the key is to promote awareness in the public of the value of mediation and why that should be resorted to as a first step in trying to resolve their disputes, not directly the courthouse, but mediation first. Well, bringing uh, the uh, awareness to the public is extremely important. I, quite frankly, uh, you and I have both experienced uh, for many, uh, many people saying, uh, mediate is that like meditation or, or what what is that people don't understand the difference between mediation and arbitration and uh your work to bring people together uh to gain that understanding is is really commendable thank you you know you, you know len you're right it uh you know i mean you and i are mediators and we're steeped in the world of mediation and its benefits but you're right, the public still is not quite clear on the distinction. And I think that 
started because ADR, Alternative Dispute Resolution, which really got started in the 70s in a big way, is by definition mediation and arbitration, and they were selected as the alternatives to the courthouse. So the public still believes that there's a, you know, that there's a choice between mediation and arbitration. You and I know that every case should be mediated before going to court, before judge or jury, and before arbitration. So this is a great analogy I use that I give to attorneys so that they can share with their clients and explaining to them why should we mediate first before arbitration. They seem to understand why before court or jury, uh, judge or jury, but why before arbitration? So the analogy I use uh, with them is assuming your doctor tells you that you have a critical medical problem and he offers two choices. You can first try to take control of it yourself through medication, exercising, changing your diet, or you can skip that and assume the risk of going directly to the final option, surgery. Turn over your body to that man called surgeon. Clearly, you would choose surgery only after less drastic alternatives under your control have been exhausted. So resolving a dispute is no different, just as medication needs to be tried before surgery, so too mediation should be tried before resorting to court, jury, or arbitration. And, and, in, and in some instances, uh, the contracts between the parties mandate the, the need for, for mediation with some, with some sanctions for not doing it. Right. So we see cases in three ways come to uh, come to us uh, either through uh, contract statutes, the court requires it, um, and uh, again, Len, you and I know that even though people are forced sometimes to come to mediation first, once they get at their foot in the door and we give, we exhaust the opportunity mediation and they realize that they can resolve their dispute. They can decide if they're going to resolve and on what terms to resolve. Most, uh, that's why 90% do get resolved in mediation. And and the the cost of it is considerably less. Uh, I I know the the idea of of getting the optimum result sometimes means getting the the result that that nets you out the the most as opposed to uh, going into litigation and uh, spending a great deal of money. Uh, going into arbitration, the same thing. So, um, and and, and, and are, I will add, as a practical matter, most of my cases, you know, I've done over 3,000 mediations. I started in 95, 81 to 95, I was a trial lawyer, 95, I became a mediator. And most are resolved within one day. Uh, 90% get resolved, and most within one day. Um, you know, complex cases sometimes, you know, need to have more than one session and need to go back to discovery and depositions and then return. You know, that, you know, litigation is sometimes essential for that. But, but you're right. Those are the facts. 
and it's a uh, enormous savings of time, money, and stress. Well, you're listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution, and our guest is Dan Bensfee. Uh, and we are chatting about things mediation, specifically the value of mediation. Uh, we are going to be taking a break. And when we get back, we will be talking about the value of tenacity. Masters of Dispute Resolution is sponsored by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. NADN is the premier invitation-only association of civil mediators and arbitrators in the United States, with members in every state of the nation. Only experienced ADR professionals who are widely acceptable to local plaintiff and defense firms are invited to join the Academy's roster. The Academy's website, NADN.org is the most widely visited neutrals database in the world today. With over 40,000 law offices, insurance companies, and corporations visiting our free website annually. Firms can search for neutrals by many criteria, including location, case expertise, qualifications, language skills, and most NADN members also publish their available dates, calendars, online making NADN.org the go-to website for law firms wishing to schedule appointments online with their preferred mediators. For more information, please visit www.NADN.org today. Most attorneys need professional liability coverage, but very few are professional liability experts. And there's so many options when it comes to legal malpractice insurance. How do you know how much coverage you need? What should your policy limits be? What if you've had a past claim? You shouldn't have to take time away from helping your clients to research professional liability coverage, and with lawyer-specific insurance brokerage on your side, you won't have to. They're professional liability experts, shop California's leading professional liability carriers to find your firm the right coverage at the right price. Lawyer-specific founders Alan Debbie Hernandez have over 50 years combined experience working with the highest-rated providers of lawyers' professional liability insurance. So trust the brokerage with access to over 40 carriers in California and find a cost-effective malpractice insurance solution for your firm. Go to lawyerspecific.com and click request a quote. Thank you. You are listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution, and we are chatting with Daniel Bensvee on uh, podclips.io. And Dan, uh, one of the things that I noticed in your and your bio on on ADR services is the leave no stone unturned as your as your motto, so to speak. Uh, can you expand on that and give give us an idea as to as to what that means to you? Okay, so as mediators and arbitrators, uh, we are generally termed as neutral. I prefer thinking of myself not so much as a neutral, but as an advocate of resolution. Um, and resolution where the parties and the attorneys control if and when and on what terms to resolve their dispute. So just as I was an advocate as a trial lawyer, I my client now is settlement. 
his resolution. And so that's how I do my role. Um, and we have tools in our tool chest, uh, all kinds. And what dictates what I do as a mediator is how to leave no stone unturned, how to exhaust the opportunity. You know, it's funny. At this point in my career, you know, having done this since 1995 and over 3,000 mediations, um, if I were to teach the course that would most resonate with what I feel, it would be what cannot be taught in mediation for mediators. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that's what I... Because we know, we, there are techniques, and no doubt about that, um, there are tools in the tool just like joint sessions, and we could expand on that a bit, uh, whether to use it, how to use it, how we go back and forth, when we use a mediator's proposal, at what time, all kinds of techniques. But ultimately, I believe the gestalt of tenacity and commitment to the idea that most every dispute needs to be focused on and dealt with in every possible way for an amicable resolution. Not by for a resolution imposed by a third party judge, jury, or arbitrator, but by the parties themselves. So you know, that's how I view the tena uh, my tenacity. And I just, and really what I do is what I would, what I used to wish mediators would have done when I came as an advocate with my clients to a mediator. Sometimes the mediator would, would, have, would say to, to us, you know, I'm sorry you're here and they're there and we can't reach a resolution. And uh, frankly, I, you know, I was so frustrated with some of the mediators I had. I said, I don't, and I didn't know what they should do exactly, but I didn't want them to just give up. And, right. you know, that's, a, so that's how I generally view my well, role. Dan, Dan, one of the things that people don't realize about mediators is that we, we actually do talk to each other. Uh, and and not necessarily uh, not not only not necessarily we we don't break confidences but uh, we do talk to each other about situations and using tools and I, and I know you're a member of the International Academy of Mediators uh, which is a very prestigious uh, organization uh, by invitation only if I recall and and that, uh, that's right Len and we meet twice a year at different places in the world and uh, well when you and I mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, brainstorm about mediation um, the opportunity to meet with mediators from around the world at the International Academy of Mediators is very enlightening how you realize that you know people are creatures of habit and of style and it's not just clothes but even mediation, for example, you know, at a at, at conference like that, I discover in Nashville, in Montreal, in Spain, almost every mediation is in has a joint session. 
practically everyone in Los Angeles, the far minority of cases have joint sessions. I probably use joint sessions most than uh, any mediator, and the majority, I do not have joint sessions. I still will go from room to room and caucus. Sometimes I'll meet with the attorneys together, sometimes with one side together, but it is so interesting to know, you know, that there are even geographic differences of the way mediation is handled. So, yeah, so it's very enlightening to, you know, be in that group of International Academy of Mediators. And it's, you know, and it's great to brainstorm with, you know, you and me and other mediators. You know, we we share uh, what works, what doesn't. Very helpful. Yeah, well, what, one of the things that that we can talk, we do talk about, is how can attorneys help us, help them? And uh, I know you have some ideas on that, and uh, I, I'd like to I'd like to hear them, and I'd like to hear really in what in what context have have attorneys not helped, uh, and and. What could they have done differently? Okay. Um, so it's always helpful for an attorney to use the mediator in the best way possible. Now, anything I'm going to say right now as far as what else an attorney can do is I should preface with my strong belief that an attorney, a trial lawyer, still is a zealous advocate of their client and should continue to be. And I foster that and encourage that in mediation. And in fact, when we do have a joint session, I am, I am very explicit, especially to the parties, to explain what our system is about and how our system works the best by creating these individuals called attorneys who are by law legally obligated to argue the best law and facts for their clients and that's what the other professional is doing on the other side and I what my role is as a mediator to try to reach resolution and compromise um, and what the role of the judge or jury is <clears throat> when you know even though they may know it intellectually you know, when they sit there and realize, oh my goodness, the attorneys, you know, my attorney could be on the other side and doing just, you know, and doing their professional job arguing the other side. When they realize the structure of the system, it helps. Um, attorneys don't have to give up being a zealous advocate. In fact, sometimes, ironically, I'm encouraging them to be more of a zealous advocate. You know, sometimes their client needs to see their warrior arguing the best law and facts on their side. You're listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution, and our guest is Daniel Benz V. Uh, we're chatting about things that attorneys can do to help the mediator be even more tenacious in the pursuit of resolution. Uh, we will be back shortly. Masters of Dispute Resolution would like to thank ADR Services Incorporated, your partner in resolution, and its founder, Lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast. 
ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Our guest is Dan Bensfee, mediator, and a uh, member of the panel of ADR Services, Inc. And um, we're chatting about the value of tenacity and how attorneys can help the uh, mediator help them. Dan, uh, you, were, you were talking just a, a few minutes ago about uh, how, the, uh, how the attorneys uh, are zealous advocates. Uh, do you find that sometimes they don't understand the difference between ad- mediation advocacy and trial advocacy? Um, yes. You know, that, uh, you know, sometimes they can't break their role of being extreme advocates, uh, zealous advocates, you know, when the time arrives for them to then put on their hat as settlement officer. You know, it's like, you know, that, you know, they, because that's the obligation. Yes, foremost, there's the zealous advocates. Then they're also the counselors of their client to focus on the client's best interest. You know, the client's appetite to continue the litigation, the client's uh, tolerance for stress in going toward a, uh, a trial and dealing with the uncertainty, you know, how the, what, the, the, what the client's actual best interests are at the time. And uh, what's helpful is when an attorney will and I, I will talk to the mediator privately and I in most cases uh, will ensure that that happens whether it's at the outset of the mediation or in the midst of the mediation you know I will have a discussion with the attorney and that is the time for the attorney to be as candid as possible as to what he thinks the strengths and weaknesses of his client's perceptions are. Is the client, is the client viewing the legal problem as realistically as he should be? Is he viewing the prospects of what lies ahead, you know, of clearly what potentially could happen at trial, what could happen on appeal, the law, the facts, the expenses of going forward, the uh, the issues, the unknown issues of what may happen, what may what may be discovered when 
Burgess depositions are taken. So a candid discussion at some point between the attorney and the mediator, um, I think, is critical. Do you often have those discussions even before the mediation session uh, begins, like in a, a, a pre-mediation telephone call? Yes. Yes, I do. You know, at times the attorneys will call me, but, um, <clears throat> you know, it gets very busy. Um, so, you know, not able to, to do that, but it's okay, you know, because it, it's okay that it happens at mediation too. But yes, for sure, that happens, uh, that happens before. Um, no question what, about what, that. What what um, the those kinds of conversations yield uh, are things beyond the brief. You know that's 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 been my experience. Has has that been uh, has that been yours? And and what do you tell attorneys during the, the those conferences that that will help you help them? All right, so they know their client better than I do. And the key is that we have a candid discussion, not just about the law and facts, certainly that, but about the realities, about the temperament, the personality, the family, what works for the client. You know, you know it's very important also when you go beyond the law and facts uh, you know, do we have the right people there for the client? Does, uh, you know, if is there a confidant or a, uh, you know, a spouse that's not there that maybe we should, you know, maybe we should be getting on the phone or if we're doing Zoom video, you know, bringing them in at this point? You know, is there something we're missing? You know, that uh, as far as the client from the client's perspective and um, so it, it, it's very helpful to use the mediator in that manner right. it's also you know helpful for the attorney to be more candid with the mediator and hopefully the there's it's a mediator that he or she has full confidence in trust and I'm not, you know, again, not giving up zealous advocacy can still be pursuing, you know, whether on the defense side, the lowest number attainable, on the plaintiff side, the highest number attainable, of course pursuing that, but simultaneously making the mediator aware of where the range of this resolution can be. Dan, this helps you toward at the end uh, also when you are, uh, when when let's say you've reached a point in the mediation where, gosh, it doesn't look like maybe things are going to resolve and and maybe even the session ends without it being resolved. what what do you do and and what do, do those those pre-mediation conferences do to help you dig even deeper to try to get a resolution ultimately in many different ways what i am doing 
at every mediation is recognizing the unique aspects of the mediation. In every mediation, there's different personalities, there's different claims. You could have the exact same law and facts of one case, but because it's a different type of lawyer, a different type of client, you know, so the key is to get everybody agreed that it is in their best interest to do whatever's possible to try to resolve this today. And I literally will do things like bring them to a point in their mind where they can imagine, whether it's two years hence or whenever it is, sitting in the courtroom awaiting for the judge's verdict or the jury's verdict and thinking back to the mediation so that they can say to themselves at that time, the reason I'm sitting here sweating and my heart is palpitating is because I exhausted the opportunity of mediation. We didn't settle because I tried everything. The mediator recommended doing X, Y, and Z, going into a joint session, um, making this argument, giving this concession, giving, and I, you know, I was reluctant to do it, but we did it because I realized then it was truly in my best interest to try to resolve the case and not get everything I wanted, but, you know, for the sake of certainty from uncertainty. And I, and I, at mediation, bringing them forward in their imagination to that time, and I'm, you know, I'm letting them know, you will feel better, even if this doesn't settle today. At that time, you looking back, you will say to yourself, there's a reason I'm here in court waiting for the verdict, or there's a reason I'm on the witness stand being grilled right now, and the juries are ro- is rolling their eyes and not understanding right. my position. You know, it's like, the reason is because I did everything I could back in mediation. So, right. you know, in, and in so many different ways, the key is to get that, get everybody, and fortunately... I do ultimately get everybody, as best as possible, to embrace that opportunity as a golden opportunity right. to to reach resolution and compromise. Right. And compromise, everybody recognizes, ultimately right. in the mediation, that means giving up something you believe you're legally entitled to. You may believe you're legally entitled to more or should be paying less, but for the sake of certainty, you're... You're, you're going to resolve this and move on with your life. Dan, th- thank you so much for all this. This, this has been great. Uh, I, I appreciate the conversation, and I we have so much more that we could have covered today. Uh, but a- as we wrap up, how can the listeners uh, best contact you? Dan Bensley. Benz V is a unique name. By the way, pronounce my name like Mercedes Benz V. Benz V. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm on the uh, website. I'm with ADRServices.com, ADRServices.com, or DBMediation.com. And uh, happy to talk to anybody, no charge, you know, before any mediation, if trying to decide whether to mediate, or with whom to mediate. By the way, I do encourage attorneys, if, they're, if they don't know a mediator, or if the other side is, rep, uh, is recommending a mediator, that they should call the mediator and talk to them. And, you know, it's like, why go blind into a mediation or just ex- 
accept the mediator that the other side is choosing, you know, there's always that opportunity. And Len, I assume right. you, you do the same, right? You you would welcome a call <laughs> from somebody from an attorney to talk to you about your mediation style or your experience, wouldn't you? Abs- absolutely, Dan. And and uh, again, I, I I will tell you, I, I I really would like to have you back as a guest in the future, if if you're willing to do that. And um, right now, uh, though, we are out of time, and I want to thank you, Daryl Wayne, engineer, um, and I'm Len Levy. This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on Podclips.io, powered by Infogen Labs Inc. Stay well, keep listening, and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflicts are resolved. If you wish to contact Len Levy, you can reach him through his email at lslevy at advertservices.com, through Len's website, lenlevymediate.com, telephone him at 818 903 5562, or contact his case manager at ADR Services 213 683 1600.